everybody and welcome back to Flightcast. This is an aviation podcast. I think we'll just leave it at that today, Mark. How about that? <laughs> uh, that works for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, for those of you who are just joining us uh, for the first time, we are an aviation podcast that started out as a tribute to the mobile flight simulator Infinite Flight, and we've interviewed lots of people that, to do with the sim, and uh, since then we've sort of branched out into... Uh, Aviation, real-world aviation, with uh, without real losing our infinite flight routes. So, uh, right. how's it going, buddy? It's going well, going well. Other than uh, dealing with a broke tailbone from this weekend, I'm, I'm doing well. Well, you know what? When you party that hard, Mark, it's just, that's those are the consequences sometimes, you know? This is the second ADI broken tailbone that I've had, which is an after-drinking <laughs> injury. And, <laughs> yes, it hurts like hell. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, well. You live and learn. You live and learn. Uh, we got any news this week, Mark? Got to do it differently next time. Uh, no, no, nothing really in the news. Uh, the uh, the update uh, has gone exceptionally well. I mean, of course, there's still some issues that you know we are working on and uh, some optimizations and stuff like that, but uh, nothing really new going on right now. Well, I'm excited because uh, by the time this podcast airs, I will have gone on weather permitting a cross country flight with my friend Cam Murch, who owns the Murphy Rebel. We've talked to him before. Rebel, and mm-hmm. uh, he's got to do a 300 nautical mile um, cross country for his CPL training, and uh, he invited me to go with him. Yeah, I know that's pretty cool, that's man. Exciting. When you told me about that, was it yesterday you told yeah, me? Yeah, 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 and. Uh, so that's this tomorrow that we're go- we're recording this uh, on Wednesday the twenty fifth. So we're going uh, tomorrow, hopefully, and um, almost into your country, Mark. We're going to be down to uh, Paley Island, which is in Ontario, but between Ontario and uh, Ohio. On, I believe it would be Lake Erie. So. Yeah, yeah, you have to give Ryan a call. Yeah, I'll be right across the way from him. Yep, he's right there in Traverse City. Maybe he can fly the sixty up there and oh, come visit you guys. I will do that. I will do that. Yeah. Um, so, Mark, I've been uh, following, which many of our listeners are probably following, uh, a Instagram account called Aviation One, which is aviation with a zero instead of a O and the the number one. Do you follow follow this guy? Um, I think I do. Yeah, it's uh, Charles D on uh, Instagram. So you guys can find him on Aviation 1 and again replace that o with a 0. Um he he basically po- reposts and he finds all kinds of aviation content. And he's just constantly on Instagram uh feeding us new content and uh it's a great account. So I just wanted to reach out and mention that uh you guys should give him a follow. He's already got 121,000 followers. Um, so odds are you may be following him already, but if you're just getting on the Instagram train, you should uh, should check out this account. It's great. We will uh, put it in the link for this episode. So if you're checking this out on uh, iTunes or at our website, you'll see the link to Charles's Instagram account. So just wanted to mention. Yeah, that. he's definitely got some great content. Yeah, absolutely. And there's some actually a lot of videos. So if you're if you're into the video mm-hmm. thing on uh, Instagram, definitely go check that out for sure. 
Well, Mark, why don't we introduce our guests? We, these guys, uh, we're, we're supposed to talk to them at Warbird Weekend a few weeks ago. And um, for those who were tracking with us, they canceled day two, I guess, uh, Sunday uh, at Warbird Weekend yep. because of weather. And there were some uh, there was some hurricane activity approaching and the weather was just not going to be it good. It was marginal VFR. They didn't need to cancel. It but no, up, seriously, they being not too bad, but... Uh, Actually, Sunday turned out to be very bad. That's oh, when did? we did the live show. Yeah, oh, that's remember? True. That's uh, true. That's true. Yeah, and the monsoon was occurring outside. Right. Yeah. So we were going to talk to these guys from 3G Aviation Media, and um, it just didn't work out, and that kind of threw all the schedules into a bit of a kerfuffle. So they have well uh, because they put flying in a warbird to take pictures as a priority over interviewing with us, which you know whatever. But is what it is, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they've uh, agreed to make some time for us tonight. And and we are fortunate because uh, I screwed up the timing on this interview and it was supposed to happen last week. So, um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, let's get them in here. How about that? Yeah, I mean, that'll work. We finally got them both together. I mean, course scheduling with Doug is always easy because uh, he's sure. not doing anything. And <laughs> Tony is the one that's actually working the hardest. And so trying to get a time nail down with him. All right, well, Tony Granada and Doug Glover are owners of 3G Aviation Media, and they're joining us tonight from Alabama and North Carolina. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks. Glad to be on. Thanks. All right, well, guys, we usually um, do this with most of our guests that are involved in aviation somehow, and uh, that's to find out what was it that got you into aviation? What was the what was the secret sauce if you will um doug why don't we start with you what uh what is it about aviation that uh, got you excited absolutely well uh it's, it's pretty easy for me to figure out who to blame uh i i blame my father for uh being at the mobile alabama air show and uh actually paying to put me on a ride inside a uh, bell jet ranger as a kid and that got me hooked right then and there to sit there with the headset on, hear what was going on, hear the pilots talking to the controllers, uh, and that was probably the shortest helicopter ride I've ever had. But by golly, that was uh, that got me hooked. And from from then on, I knew I was going to do something in aviation, uh, which led to uh, a career in the Marine Corps, flying uh, F-18s and uh, and then doing aviation photography. Oh wow, amazing! So are you are you doing any flying now? Uh, I have done flying for recreation uh, a little bit, but mostly it's for the photography uh, because that tends to take up all my time is uh, working with the warbirds or with the military to do, uh, to do air to air photo shoots. Okay. Nice. And uh, now Johnny, when you, you, when you said that, Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Oh. Mark. Okay. Uh, you said the air show in mobile, was that the one at Brooklyn back in the nineties? Uh, oh, no, this would have been uh, back in the late seventies. And I remember because they also had a Kestrel there, the predecessor yep. to the Harrier. And I'm trying to remember which uh, uh, which airport it was at. So yeah, it was it's quite a ways ago. Let me date myself uh, there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. The last one I remember was at Brooklyn back in the early '90s. So that was the last one they had here. Tony, what about you? Well, as a young boy, I, I idolized Doug Lover. And growing up, I just wanted to be like him. So I inevitably <laughs> brought me into the aviation community. Um, uh-huh. Now, I, I grew up as a World War II history buff, uh, joined the Navy right out of high school. Uh, from there, started getting into photography in the mid to late 90s, but mainly focusing on underwater photography. So for the first 10 plus years or so, I only shot whales, sharks, and dolphins. 
Then about eight, nine years ago, uh, I actually met and started shooting with some folks who were in the aviation community, in the aviation photography world. And the two just kind of lend hand, went hand in hand. So I stopped diving because of my I have type 1 diabetes. And I stopped diving about seven years ago because of it. And ever since then, have been hanging out of aircraft and met Doug actually at a ISAP convention uh, about five, six years ago. Uh, and then also attended a workshop with him. And from there, we started communicating and collaborating. We both like to teach. I've been an scuba instructor for 15 plus years. So I inherently liked taking and working with people uh, and in the photography community. It's just really, in the aviation photography community, I should say, it's just a, it's a great place to be, a great place to meet and, and spend time with folks. Very nice. So you were a scuba instructor? Yeah, for about 15 years up in New Jersey. Wow. I went to go take some scuba diving lessons, and they took a look at me, and they just said, son, you're you're built to be a flotation device. There's no way in hell we're going to be able to get you submerged under this water. We don't have enough belt weights to get you down. <laughs> yeah, that that could be a challenge. But, hey, listen, every everybody's meant to sink eventually. <laughs> yep, they just said due to my buoyancy, I needed to stick with snorkeling, so that's what I've done. Everybody's going to sink eventually. It just depends on whether you're still breathing or not. Speaking of eventually. sinking, did I mention I need a new business partner for 3G Aviation Media after that lead-in? No, I'm kidding. In case that's you can't awesome. tell, Tony and I don't take ourselves too seriously, and we think that's one of the things that we that we definitely bring to the uh, the aviation photography communities. We we try to have fun during our workshops, and obviously, you know, Mark, you sat there and, and saw us hanging out with a lot of the other photographers we work with. We try to yeah. all not take ourselves too seriously and have have a good time while we do these events. Which was great because you know I've never taken you seriously, Doug, at all. So I would hope know, not, especially after seeing my really photos. Well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm hey, like, how the uh, hell is he teaching the class? Yeah, well, you fit into Flightcast just fine because <laughs> yep. Mark and I don't take anything seriously, really. So, uh, Excellent. Yeah, it's good. Um, guys, you were at Warbird Weekend, like we said before, and uh, giving an aviation photography workshop um, as 3G Aviation Media. So tell us how the company came about. Sure. The uh, company really came about from Tony and I and a couple other photographers sitting down and talking at a couple events. We had attended a uh, photography workshop together down in Kissimmee, Florida. We also had been at the International Society for Aviation Photography's symposium in, uh, I think here, that would have been in Norfolk that year. And we sat down and we talked and we, we kind of compared notes. And a lot of us had been to some big name photography instructors uh, events for you know, photography other than aviation. And we had guys that all had a background in uh, aviation photography and instruction in aviation and in, in dive as, as Tony talked about. And we kind of looked around and said, wow, there's, there's a gap here. There's events that are going on, but there's not a lot of instruction. And, and kind of what we also realized, which has become one of the core parts of 3G is that it's not so much one instructor standing up saying, here's all the techniques. Here's all you're ever going to need to know. Here's the one lens you'll, you'll ever need to shoot. You know, here's the only way to do this. It, it's a lot of collaborative learning. And so we've tried to bring that to the workshops uh, and really focus on that as our, as what's dis 
very distinctive from some other aviation photography workshops out there is we give people an opportunity to collaborate with each other, to work on some of the shoots, to work on some lighting, uh, to work on some of the sunset uh, light painting together, and, and to learn from each other because regardless of who shows up to the to the workshop, whether they're high-end professionals, when they're amateurs with a point-and-shoot, everybody has something to bring and everyone has something to learn. And so um, that's what a lot of the fun is, that you, you get a wide variety of skill levels out there. And you know, Tony will tell you some of the stories. It's pretty funny when you see the light bulb come on, even for professional photographers that may not have been exposed to a particular technique or had to shoot in a particular environment. That's pretty awesome, man. I mean... <clears throat> You know, and, and, and I picked up on a lot of that when I was there at the hotel, when I was waiting, um, you know, everybody in the group was there, uh, and we were waiting on y'all to get back from your flight. Um, you know, it was pretty cool. Just, just the, uh, the relationship that everybody already had with everybody. Um, you know, all the friends and everything that had, uh, that have been made, all the friendships that have been made. And, um, then I think it was, um, uh, it was, Saturday afternoon, Doug, was it when you, Angela, or Southern Fly Girl, um, and then myself were standing there? Wasn't that Saturday afternoon? Right, that was Saturday afternoon. Yeah, and you gave me some of the best advice I think I've ever heard. Um, we had taken a picture. Was that when I told you to sell your camera? <laughs> no, you told me that you told me I messed up. The, where I messed up at in my picture was I took the lens cap off. <laughs> I should have just left it on and spectated. You said, Mark, uh, well, let me tell you where you first messed up, and that's when you took the lens cap off. You, you just leave it to <laughs> us, and we'll send you the pictures. So, <clears throat> you know, that just really stuck with me, man. And, you know, it's just I feel like a better person today because of it. <laughs> exactly. Well, <laughs> as you saw with, with Angela and, and I standing there, there's always a little bit of competition that we're trying to outshoot each other. And, and even at the same time as we're competing, we're also talking about what we're seeing and, and trying to offer – you know, pointers or things that we caught uh, to the other people that are out there. So it's, we always have a lot of fun. And the people, what we refer to as the repeat offenders, uh, those, those are really the people that I keep coming back and doing the workshops for, because they're a lot of fun. They want to learn, they want to experience, and they, uh, they just, they're a lot of fun to, to do aviation events with and to experience aviation photography with. I think you picked up on it on Friday night when, you know, We've, I think our success shows in the number of people that are repeat offenders in our workshops. I think we, we bring up enough new materials, new subjects, and new ideas, but it's also always a collaborative event. So we're not telling people this is how you do it. We're mostly telling people this is how we do it, and this is how we achieve success. And then we help them apply the tips and techniques to their style and their creative eye so that they can get the images they want to create. And they and we have fun doing it, which I think is why so many people come back event after event. Yeah, and that's what I had even asked Angela at one time, because uh, she told me that she had signed up for Warbird Weekend again this year uh, to attend the workshop. And I said, but you went last year. And she said, but you pick up something new. You learn something new every time. And she said, you know, and it's also a great, even if they cover some of the same stuff occasionally, she said, you, it's still a great refresher course uh, because, you know, it, it always is helpful to go back to the basics. And she said that you guys, you keep it entertaining, you keep it interesting. And so I was like, well, hell, I've got to sign up for this thing anyway. Um, so I did. And unfortunately, I couldn't make it just because of the schedule we have with Flightcast. But we'll get into that in a little bit. But 
when I was sitting there Friday night waiting, um, waiting on you guys to get back from your flight after dissing us at Flightcast, uh, it was it was awesome just to sit there and and talk with these guys, meet meet these people that take the workshop and you know and and from what I'm understanding, multiple workshops throughout the year uh, if they're able to attend the events and. Uh, it, it, it's so cool to, you know, just to get in there and meet these other photographers and, and pick up on things that they've learned along the way. Um, so it's, it, it definitely speaks volumes, uh, for, for what you guys do and, uh, what y'all bring to the table and, and the reaction, uh, that you, that you get from the same people that keep coming back over and over and over again. I mean, that just says a lot about what you guys are doing. So, you know, I'm looking forward to actually being able to be part of a workshop where I can actually attend instead of having to do it over a Skype call with just Doug, because you can imagine the struggle that was. Um, yeah, I've done it. I've done it. So yes. yeah, <laughs> as a matter of fact, while we're on that, I was sitting there hanging out. Uh, it was when y'all did a breakaway. Um, and they were fixing to, um, you know, everybody was around the, uh, Tuskegee airman, the red tail P 51. And, uh, you jumped out and, you know, I, I sent Doug the picture. I thought he sent it over to you. So I'm fixing to share it on our Skype call here. Um, but Tony, this is in reference to you. If you wanted to take a look at it real quick. Do you see that? Uh, no, not yet. Hang on. Oh, it hasn't come through. No, but it's, <clears throat> but basically I, I've got a picture of the P 51 or I'm trying to take a picture of the P 51. <laughs> You know, and I'm a I'm a photography noob. Um, just got my first DSLR back in May, so I'm still learning this whole thing. Uh, you know, before May, well, really before I met Angela, it was, you know, somebody asked me what aperture was I using, and I told them I normally keep it on about 73 degrees, you know, <laughs> year round. So, uh, but I was trying to take a picture of the P51, and then you're you just kind of like came out of nowhere because you were telling everybody that you were, you know. Um, that everybody was going to be lining up for photo opportunities and all that, you know, the, uh, the airmen were, and I sent it over to Doug cause I didn't have your number. And uh, I said, when the photography instructor photo bombs, the photography, that's a fail. So you should get it here before too long. Uh, yeah. if not, I can send it to you, but it was, yeah, I, mean, I had to laugh cause Tony will tell you more than one of the, students and I have laughed about the number of times they had to Photoshop me out of their wonderful sunrise airplane shots as I was laying on the tarmac in front of them. So something you always have to be aware of as an instructor and try not to be that guy. Yeah. And we, we always talk, we always talk about that. We, we, you know, we talk about Doug and I shoot a lot, even outside of workshops, we collaborate together a lot on, on projects, which doesn't happen a lot in the aviation community and the aviation photography community, I should say. You know, sharing projects, sharing subjects, subjects. So Doug and I are constantly right. removing each other from each other's photographs because we're on the same flight line working together till, till the wee hours of the night. So, Yeah, and looking at the pictures from the, uh, from the sunset shoot, um, you know, I was supposed to make it to that. And unfortunately, I couldn't make it to that because of um, the schedule that we have with Flightcast. And then also uh, the owners of my company were there. And we all had plans because we had people that came in from all literally from all over the world, from Australia, from Europe, California, I mean, everywhere. So we had plans for that evening. Um, so I wasn't able to make the sunset shoot. Um, 
and it really kind of sucks because now when I'm going through Instagram and people that I follow and, you know, I'm seeing all these shots from it, I'm just like, man, that just sucks. Not their shots, of course, just the fact that I couldn't be there. But um, it, and, what you and we have to be dynamic and we have to be dynamic, right? So for that case, we were supposed to have multiple subjects at that sunset shoot, but that uh, friendly tropical storm that decided to come up through Atlanta Everybody left that afternoon by four o'clock. The only thing that was left there was the B-17. Not a bad subject yep. to be stuck with, but the, mm-hmm. the crew, the EAA crew there really worked with us. We got to spend an hour and a half or so after sunset on the ramp with nobody around and spend time with people to really um, give them that exclusivity that you're not really working with a whole crowd full of people. <laughs> Doug, Doug actually just shared the, the picture with me. <laughs> Yeah. You're pretty lucky. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good photo of me. You, you, I could sign that if you want me to. Yeah, if you could sign that, I mean, and it worked out well <laughs> because even though I'm sure I had the aperture wrong, or, uh, or the uh, the f-stop wrong, you know, it did kind of blur. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the plane in the back, so that kind of worked out well. But uh, you know, obviously, uh, I still have a lot to learn. Doug, shut up. And I, I'm saying nothing. Uh, but I could hear it. I could your silence spoke <laughs> Hear volumes. the condescension from me. No, I, and and I'll say it right now. You know, it's it's one of the fun things to do to get to work one on one because we really don't do that a lot of times uh, in the in the workshops just because there's 25 people there and to sit there and and actually go through some of the concepts and and some of the photography. Uh, techniques with you there one-on-one was actually kind of fun because you don't have to stand there and go okay does everybody in the room have it and there's that deathly silence where you know means 10 of the 20 people didn't get it but they don't want to fess up so it's it's fun to do one-on-one instruction you know i try to do a lot of self-study but like i told you watching tutorials it's it's really hard to find anything on aviation photography whatsoever so you're just sitting there trying to watch um what they're doing and each one is different you know, they could have the same damn picture, but each each person is going to tell you how they did that differently, and it was just confusing. So, um, well, absolutely, and that's that's both the good and bad thing about aviation photography is some of the instructors and some of the the big names out there are very vehement in teaching their way of doing things. And Tony and I right. really believe that you have to. You have to pick what works for you that day with that airplane, with the environmentals. You know, Tony and I laugh. Our One of our first workshops at the Dixie Wing was we got up for a wonderful sunrise shoot, and it was fogged in. I mean, it was zero, zero. There was, there was no sun, no nothing. And you have to have the techniques to be able to, to pick up and run with that. And quite frankly, a lot of times you don't get that either from a YouTube video that someone shot during a perfect sunrise out at Reno or their perfect air-to-air with a behind-the-scenes, and you don't see, well, what do you do when you go out on an air-to-air and all of a sudden it's an overcast day and you're shooting down against a green background? You know, or what do you do like we had at uh, AWW on the, the sunset shoot where you have no sunset and you barely have any blue sky when it gets, you know, to twilight? So you, we try to you know, give the photographers techniques to put in their kit bag uh, to react to those situations. Mark, have you heard of Live Flight for Infinite Flight? 
Yeah, man. I've used it to track flights and to see which regions and airports are busy before, you know, planning my flight. Right. Well, as you probably know, a new version of Live Flight is now available at liveflightapp.com. This new version is better than ever and has been rebuilt from the ground up. With a new design, more flight stats, a search feature, and airport information, tracking and planning your flight is easier than ever. Oh, man, I know. And now with the new downloadable KML files, you can download your flight data to any Earth browser, such as Google Earth. It's so cool. Absolutely. And if that wasn't enough, you can now subscribe to Live Flight Horizon, a new service for only $1.99 a month that provides real-time, worldwide airport information such as weather, runway data, and charts. It also allows you to search for flights, active ATC frequencies, and airports. And as a Live Flight Horizon subscriber, you'll also get much longer online sessions, and you'll be helping Cam to keep developing and improving this great app. So guys, make sure you head over to liveflightapp.com to give it a try, and also subscribe to Live Flight Horizon. It will make your infinite flight experience so much better. Live Flight is now available in the App Store for iOS. And now, back to the podcast. <laughs> I asked Angela... Uh, prior to the sunset shoot because i was planning on making it but i wasn't able to and i was like so what do y'all do y'all just like use the very short tripods and then set your camera to take the picture and she's like no most of us are laying down and i said well if i lay down i'm not getting up for a while so while you're down there why don't i just hand you my camera and you just take the pictures and i'll just watch that would be great (laughs) So, Mark, but, our other um, solution was for for me to lay down on the tarmac for you, and you could use a selfie stick to push the button. Yeah, yeah, that was the other thing. You were going to be my tripod because <laughs> I didn't have one short enough. That's right. Uh, for that, <laughs> Angela actually brought one for me. So, um, but you know, I would, but, I would actually, I actually enjoy folks like you in, in workshops, right? Because you're willing to ask the questions when you don't know. Sometimes when we have larger audiences. Folks do get intimidated and they don't want to ask that question. And, and, you know, we always you can kind of catch the people who want to ask the questions, but don't. So we usually try and focus on them a little bit more when we're out on the tarmac and we're shooting to give them that kind of one on one instruction. But if you're right. coming to a workshop like that, I mean, I know for me, I'm the same way. I'm going to ask the questions. Um, yeah, and if absolutely. you don't ask the questions, I mean, you, you're kind of missing out on the opportunity. You've got. You know, multiple instructors there with with several years experience, but there's also several other students in the workshop who have multiple years of shooting as well. Right. So it's not just Doug and I talking to at people for eight hours in a day. It's a collaborative experience and you can learn from your peers as well. So, you know, we look for that type of interaction, those types of questions. And and. And that's what I got that Friday night. You know, people were sharing their pictures and then talking about, you know, well, I shot it at this and I shot it at that. And, um, and, and, you know, Doug probably knows this. I know Jason knows this. Tony, you, you may know it or not, but I really have no problem speaking up and saying, Hey, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> no, problem, no problem. No filter. No shame. <laughs> I could do it again um, for you next time. Yeah. Tony's going to probably charge you extra for a model release for him uh, posing in front of the exactly. aircraft. <laughs> I already emailed it to him. I already emailed him the invoice. Well, and, and, and I'll bring this up because you, you really hit on it. One of the biggest reasons behind the formation of 3G and, and our impetus to go out and to teach, not just to hold workshop offerings, was some of the aviation workshops that Tony and I had participated in we walked away with some really great experiences. We saw some 
really cool airplanes up close, air to air, with you know a handful of other people on the on the aircraft shooting with us. But the problem was there just wasn't a whole lot of instruction, and and we both looked at ourselves after the fact and said, "Wow, that was a lot of fun. I I got some great images, but I don't know that I'm any better than I was before I wrote the really expensive check and flew two air to air flights and and had a lot of fun, but." But man, where's the instruction? And so the more we talked about it, we realized that initially for the ground-based photography and then based on our air-to-air experiences uh, that we really knew there were people that wanted instruction and not just a chance to go fly with warbirds and take your shot at getting an image and maybe you got it, maybe you don't because you weren't really prepared for the event you were about to fly. Yeah, and that's you know, and that's exactly it. That's that was one big thing why I wanted to take the workshop. Um, is, you know, because I'm used to doing a lot of self-study. If I want to learn something, I'm going to learn it. Um, I do a lot of self-study on the side and, but the problem with self-study is you can also study and learn the wrong way. Um, you know, the same principle with golf. I play golf. I don't know if y'all do, but, uh, you know, you can learn to play golf, but you can learn to play it the wrong way. And then you've played it for so long and then you're like, well, maybe I'll just go ahead and start taking some lessons. And then they're telling you you're swinging wrong, your grip's wrong, and then you change everything up and now you're all screwed up. To me, I had the same mentality with, with photography. You know, I've only started doing this, um, in May of this year. I didn't, you know, I'm, I'm not far enough in it to where I've established bad habits. I want, that's why I wanted to learn now as fast as I could and as much as I could and absorb all that I can. Um, and so it, it, it's been great. You know, Angela has been a huge help. Doug, you've been a huge help. Uh, you and I've talked quite a bit and, um, and it's great because I have learned things already. Um, you know, even from the one-on-one workshop, um, that you and I had the other day. So it, it's nice to be able to learn this early on what the different things are. Um, you know, for example, you know, you've got, what is it? The, the shutter speed, the aperture and the ISO, you know, the three, what was it? The triangle, the pyramid thing, the, the exposure was, triangle. And that's, that's something that yeah. Tony actually, you know, teaches a lot during our courses. And it's a, it's a great way as you saw to, to visualize that relationship, because if you don't really understand how all those parts of the, the camera work together to, to, capture the image sometimes you you don't really understand what do i change what mode do i need to be in and tony does a great job when we stand up and talk about our our sunset photography experience about how do you how do you juggle those things what do i change the shutter speed do i change the aperture do i crank up my iso uh because now the way cameras are you know tony's getting out there with his big expensive d850 and pressing the button and capturing more pixels than I think I've shot in a year with one frame, but, uh, it's got these high <laughs> ISO capabilities, you know, and, and we take guys and gals out and show them why you may not want to use that. You may want to shoot at a much lower ISO. Um, but, but that's really, you know, Tony's, uh, Tony's piece of the instruction for a lot of that. So Tony, since well, that's the case, what, what would you say to somebody who's really just getting into photography? I mean, Mark, Mark and I are, are those people, me especially, and, uh, you know, I've got a Canon T2i, so I've got an old camera body that doesn't do a lot, but it's a, I think it's a good entry-level camera. What, were, what would be some of the things that you would say right out of the gate, this, these are the things you should start focusing on, especially as it relates to aviation photography? 
if you don't, as Doug said, if you don't understand the exposure triangle and how aperture, shutter, and ISO works together in conjunction, it doesn't matter if you spend $100 on a camera or $10,000 on a camera. And you can spend, you know, people come in with $10,000 rigs and put it on program mode or professional mode or whatever you want to call it. So I think where everybody should start is learning and understanding the basics of photography. Forget the equipment and the kind you want to buy. Once you understand that, well, I shoot Nikon because I learned on Nikon. <laughs> That's why, I, and I invested in glass and lenses that are expensive. It's not better than Canon. You know, you know, we rib a lot of people. Doug and I both shoot Nikon. You know, NPS sponsors many of our events, but it's the photographer and the knowledge and the time to develop your skill. Well. Uh and Mark, one of the things that Tony and I talk about a lot of times with photographers as they've gone through one or two of the workshops and they may be a little frustrated because their images aren't amazingly different than the previous workshop they were at. We ask them, we're like, well, did you did you shoot one shot or one series of shots differently? Because a lot of those things are hard to internalize. You can you know, be taught about them. You can read about them. I mean, you can go out and you just kind of practice it on cars driving by or on, as Tony's talked about, shooting shallow depth of field with his motorcycle and his uh in his uh you know garage there but until you shoot it when it's a subject you care about when it's warbirds when it's something kind of rare because it's a one or two day event that's when the pressure is on and that's that's really where people see the opportunity to to validate what they've learned uh because they they now have the pressures on they have to actually use those techniques and it's not a academic environment where you're sitting back flipping through videos on YouTube and walking out into the carport to shoot a you know, very static subject. Yeah. Um, it, it, it definitely worked out. And one thing that you taught me last week, Doug, um, that I really liked was um, like when you were showing me that picture of the uh, tail of the T-34, um, the close-up of that, that you shot, what was it, three or four, maybe more times, but you picked three or four different places on the aircraft. Right. Um, and it was also when you did the Dauntless uh, from far out um, for that sunset shot, you three or four different places that you picked and you did a shot from each one. And then, at you know, with different settings for each one to to gauge which was going to be the better one to use um, instead of just walking up, snapping a picture and walking off. Of course, with, uh, you know, with an aircraft taking off, it's a little bit more difficult to do that. Um, you really don't have the time to sit there and take as many pictures. You just hold the shutter button down and hopefully you can get a clear shot with the blur, uh, the motion blur. So, Well, and, and as we talked about when uh, you and Angela and I were standing out there, there's you know, certain opportunities like we had at Atlanta where the same aircraft has gone through two or three flights during the day. So maybe the first time you shoot it, you shoot it at a, sh a safe shutter speed. Uh, for getting a little bit of prop blur, a little bit of uh, motion blur, and then you get a little more gutsy as the day goes on, and you know you've got your your very basic shot of it uh, to really challenge and to push yourself. And you know, you and I talked about it with a couple different images. There's some that didn't turn out exactly the way I wanted that I shot, uh, both you know on the ground and air to air, but they wouldn't be near as dynamic if I didn't push myself to a, a slower shutter speed uh, to really try to get that blur in a lot of those takeoff shots. Yeah, and that's what I did um, with uh, one of the, the P-51 as it was sitting on the ramp doing its run-up. You know, I, I dropped the shutter speed down. I, I want to say I got down to uh, 1 30th or maybe even 1 15th at one point. Um, 
to get that full disc. But um, then when the Corsair was taken off behind us, I turned around to take pictures of it and forgot to uh, forgot to raise the shutter speed. And of course, I got pissed when I'm sitting there looking at a blue streak because um, I was still shooting at the one thirtieth. <laughs> yeah, and, and, <laughs> and I'm not. And like we talked about, a, a lot of people forget that your camera obeys the laws of physics. It's going to keep the settings that you put it in there and it's going to do exactly what you tell it to generally. And, uh, so there's times you just, you can't capture the image that you see with your eyes, sometimes with your camera. Uh, and as we're standing there and they had the aircraft taxiing out, uh, some of them were taxiing too fast. So I just couldn't get the prop blur I wanted with static photographers there and a sharp airplane because everything was moving in different directions and there was, there was no way to get it. So you have to have some techniques to fall back on to, uh, to get, you know, what we talked about those compromise shots that, uh, that get you a feel of what it was like, but it may not be exactly as, as your eye saw it. You know, guys, you, you could just, I'm going to save you some time here and, uh, you know, listen carefully because this is a good philosophy. You could adopt what I do and just teach this to your, to your students. And you could, you know, you can make a lot more money. I just press random things on my camera and hold down the shutter button. And then when I'm going through my photos later, I'm like, oh, look at that. That's awesome. Don't give away my secret. I have no idea what I'm doing here. I just I select P mode. P is for professional, right? That's so right. I, yeah. Put, I put my camera on P mode and, and just yeah. hold down the shutter and, and I get something. Uh, and follow no, I... the airplane. Just follow the airplane. That's all you have to do, right? And this then once in a while you go, when you have well, a Canadian as the host. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, Jason said it perfect one day. Um, he said, "Mark, he said we could be standing there taking the same picture at the same time using the same settings." And he said that he would look at me, his picture would be crisp, and mine would be blurry, and I'd be, I'd just say, "Look, dumbass, the plane was blurry before I took the picture." Okay, so I can't help that. <laughs> well, but and, the funny thing is, e- even amongst photographers like Tony and I, as we're standing there, we will not only capture the scene differently based on what we see and what we choose to focus on. But we show a lot of the photographers uh, when we do our editing classes that we'll edit the photo to look totally differently. And we're standing right there next to each other. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll show photos from our F-35 uh, shoot in, uh, down at Marine Corps Air Station Beaufort. And the images look very different. But we shot them literally standing right next to each other on the flight line, getting bit by the no uh, in the hot, sweltering weather there in Beaufort. Um, but uh, it, every photographer is going to turn that image into what they at least saw in their eye uh, at that time. Yeah, and that's, that's yeah, what but Mark just, was saying you earlier. You can't sharpen a picture enough to get, to get the picture <laughs> yeah. that I saw with my eye. I can't sharpen it enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I so high. Yeah. Well, it's, it, is, it is funny if you go and, and look at our Instagram accounts. There's a photo of... Um, what is it, Mark? The airplane that's in front of the P fifty one. It was the Christian Eagle. Yeah, the sporty little thing, uh, sitting there with the P fifty one doing its run up, sort of on the ramp, because that's that's what they were doing, and uh, <laughs> and so there's this beautiful prop blur, and then if you go look at mine, it's almost the identical photo, but you can tell someone who's two feet shorter took it. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's a completely different angle and we're standing side by side. It's alternate perspectives. You're bringing a new artistic eye. Come up with some, yes, uh, the some short, good reason for short that. Short person perspective is what it is. Yeah. And well, I wasn't with mine, to... you can see almost the whole engine cowling. And then with Jason's, uh, the the top wing of the Christian Eagle 
blocks most of the engine cowling, but you can still see the prop blur. That was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, they're great um, photos, but, uh, you know, it's just, um, it's it's cool that, though, that, you know, I wasn't going to post that photo after Mark beat me to it, but then I thought, no, you know what? It's it's just a fun moment in photography when you get to just share a different expression of the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the funny thing is you look at a lot of the different photographers shooting the same, almost the same angle, because people will be within about ten feet or so of each other at some of these sunset shoots, right. as we're trying to get the right sun angle and everything out there. And then you look at the images on social media afterwards, and the editing, the composition. I mean, some people have a lot of the ramp in the shot. Some people have this small little thin line of pavement, a lot of sky. Um, for some people, the airplane is huge and fills the frame for others. It's, you know, a moderate size and there's a ton of sky, you know, it's just, yeah. it, it's re always interesting to see and how everybody it's shoots wrong. the same. That's the well, and that's part. the funny thing. So I will say there's, there's 10,000 ways to do it right. And about a million ways to do it wrong. So just pick one of the 10,000, you know, there's, right. there's, yeah. there's a lot of ways you can, you can capture these images and short of having it out of focus or not putting the airplane anywhere in the field of view. There's there's always different ways to shoot it. Um, I, I'll pick on my uh, military friends here. Every once in a while, uh, you know, those of us that have been in on active duty and those that have worked with the combat camera guys, you know, we'll see things that uh, have been captured uh, by our military counterparts, and we go, that's a that's a novel way of framing the image, or that's that's a novel focus concept. But <laughs> you got to realize, not everyone looks at the way you do. Not not everyone's yeah. gonna, you know, see that image with the same either eye for photojournalism because they got to put it in a magazine, so it's it's got to be captured all in camera, or maybe they look at it with a more you know artistic eye and they go. I don't care what I get in the camera. I'm going to fix it all in post. And if there's not enough prop blur, I'm going to make prop blur. You know, so Ooh, there's there's a lot of dangerous. Yeah. There's there's a lot of. Then you got somebody ways. like me. Yeah, you got somebody like me. Like hell, I'm just trying to get a clear picture of the damn airplane. That's all I'm trying to do right now. Just well, let me get just that. Shoot and I'll the worry ones about on the ramp later. Then it wouldn't be a problem. Don't shoot those flying airplanes. Just shoot the static ones. <laughs> yeah, but they. The wind is moving those two on the ramp, see? And that's why <laughs> that's they get a, a little excuse. blurry. Good yeah. excuse. i got to yeah. remember that. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, um, you know, but, you, my uh, I used to play in a band, and uh, sometimes, you know, you play you play with uh, alongside bands that you don't necessarily care for, but you want to be polite. So, you know, you could adopt this into your uh, uh, photography as well. And, and uh, when you're when – you're, you mentioned, you know, well, that's a novel way to do that. You can just say what we did. They got off band, got off stage that we didn't like. We'd say, "Man, you guys did it," <laughs> you know. And then you're not you're, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're not complimenting you did something. I'm not really sure what <laughs> you guys did you it. Did something. Yeah. They, they would usually <laughs> take it in a what good way. What the hell is that? You did it. <laughs> yeah, you guys you, did it. What yeah. does that even mean? And right. you know, it, I don't know. And it, it was so funny because Friday when it was really sunny, you know, I really didn't have anybody around me taking pictures. I don't know if they were in fear of me blocking out the sun. Uh, and casting a shadow on the aircraft. I didn't know what the deal was, but uh, Saturday when it was overcast and you know and gray skies, I mean it was it was shoulder to shoulder there on the uh, on the fence line uh, trying to get pics of the runway. The overcast days but, make it more interesting though. It gives your shots character. You know, I like shooting the overcast. <laughs> yeah, it's a little easier than broad daylight. Sometimes for me, shooting in in the broad daylight, everything is so bright and harsh that uh, no matter how hard I work at it, I'm like, yeah, well, that just doesn't look anything other than you know painfully bright. So, That's right. yeah. Have you guys ever thought about maybe providing online courses? Um, 
or maybe your own branded video tutorials for photography and for editing. So we have, and the funny thing about all that is uh, there's, as you know, there's so much back end to everything on the internet. It's sometimes tough for a small two man organization to find the right, uh, the right venue. That's not YouTube. It's not Vimeo, something like that, that really, uh, allows you to, to organize, uh, your photography instruction, because, you know, one of the things Tony and I have talked about uh, over the years is that there's things you, you need to sometimes practice in a sequential order, that it's really cool to go out there and shoot air to air for the first time. But if you've never panned on the ground or you've never seen some of these aircraft in a variety of other flight regimes, then air to air may not be the place you start. And it's, and it's that way with a lot of the techniques. There's, there's certain techniques you'd, you'd like people to try or to, to master before they move on to other things. Uh, so we're doing a little bit of research. We're looking at a couple different providers because you know we're not Kelby One here. We don't exactly have our own uh, video back end and back room that can produce all the videos and, and host all the videos in an instructional format. Um, but we know the, the desire and the demand is there. A lot of our photographers that we've worked with have asked us to do that and said, hey, can you can you put some of these out there in video format that we can get to? And, you know, working with our, our web providers as well to kind of get an understanding of what can we offer to to, you know, previous 3G uh, photographers to, to, you know, quote, members of, of 3G workshops, I guess, in that sense, um, because we'd like to. And, you know, one of the other yeah. things that we're going to work at through next year is uh, at least specifically in the air-to-air -air regime, uh, some more mentoring-type experiences where it's not just going up with six or eight other individuals in the back of a cargo airplane, uh, kind of in a herd mentality. Everybody get up there, we get the shots, get the airplanes uh, through, and and get everybody back on deck. But a, a chance to really take people one-on-one, -on -one, uh, go to a flight facility, get them comfortable flying in some of these aircraft and, and to do some of that mentorship. Because I know Angela went out and did that with us in uh, Arizona last year, and uh, she really enjoyed it. Heck, I think she enjoyed flying as much as she enjoyed taking photos. But uh, <laughs> getting getting to fly in the back of a warbird and, and be in that you know open cockpit area and, and learn some of the skills that you really need if you're going to um, pursue aviation photography beyond just a, an air show kind of event. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Even if you guys just started off with just recording one of your workshops, you know, to where maybe y'all wore lapels to where it was picking up clearly. Yeah. But absolutely. you recorded, you know, one of your workshops and posted that. Um, would I'd be have also to stop helpful, dropping F-bombs in the middle of my workshops then and clean up my act. And, nah. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Just like <laughs> photography, you, you, you deal with that in post. So yeah. you just yeah. deal with that in post. Well, I know a great web developer if you guys need one. Just saying. <laughs> it might know this guy. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guys, uh, how can people that are interested in participating in a workshop, how can they find out what uh, the, all the deets? So the easiest way is to go straight to our website. Uh, it's a really tough web address. The number three, GAVM for 3G Aviation Media. So for those of you that speak aviation phonetic, that's 3GolfAlphaVictorMike.com. Uh, and there's a tab on the left side that says workshops. You can click on the little plus sign there and it'll tell you about our workshops. You can look at uh, our current offerings, look at some of our past offerings. If you go there today and you look and it says, hmm, upcoming workshops, not a lot listed there, but a lot listed in planning. Well, that's what happens at the end of the workshop season. So <laughs> we unfortunately don't have anything else for the rest of 2017 uh, between a couple different schedule conflicts and, and paperwork conflicts and a variety of other things. Uh, we end up. 
Yeah, the, all the things that conspired to uh, to crush our uh, our last two events of the year. Um, <laughs> we don't have anything for the rest of 2017, but you'll see our 2018 uh, tentative schedule talking about working down in Kissimmee, Florida with Stallion 51, who we've done workshops with nice. before, uh, going to a couple other flight facilities, going out to Utah to work with a couple different organizations out there and uh, and trying to you know spread uh, spread the workshops across the U.S. to a couple different places. But, you know, failing that, you know, uh, not having to check our website every day, you can always follow us on uh, social media on Facebook and Instagram uh, under 3GAVM there as well. Uh, and then if you go down to the bottom of our page where it says contact, you click on that. It's kind of hard to miss the big banner that says insert your email address here for our newsletter. That's the best way to stay in contact with us because you, you sign up for our newsletter uh, monthly or when Doug gets around to it, uh, the uh, the workshop updates go out. And we uh, we also tend to kind of put some, uh, some early feelers out for where people want to go, what events they kind of want to do via the, the newsletter and see if we get some feedback uh, either on air shows that people want to have a workshop at or if there's a specific uh, – flight facility, aircraft collection, or warbirds they've been chasing for the last 10 years that they'd like to now shoot air to air. Um, you know, we, we'd love to hear those kind of things and get suggestions because we certainly haven't been to every event that's out there. There's a lot of stuff that goes on throughout the year. A lot of them go on the same weekend, like this year, Atlanta Warbird Weekend and the CAS Wings over Dallas were the same weekend. So you can't be everywhere at once. Um, we just would like to know where photographers would like to like to see 3G events and, and 3G workshops. It'd be cool if the CAF wasn't scheduling events on the same day. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had this grand plan. We, we, we said that we were going to do both events, and then both events ended up on the same weekend. So yeah, we wisely point. chose to stick with the Atlanta Warbird weekend because uh, the CAF Dixie Wing has been a great partner uh, over the last three, four years. Lovely uh, bunch of people. Yeah, a great bunch of guys and gals to work with. Yep. Um, and everyone from their social media side to their flight side has been awesome to work with uh, and, sure. and just really a lot of fun to uh, to partner up with. Cool. Uh, guys. Plus, you got to meet us. So that was worth Warbird Weekend all by itself. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I meant to say that. Too. That was the plug I meant to give. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Subtle. Um, guys, is there anything else you want to let listeners know? Uh, any social media? Uh, channels or anything before we wrap up tonight no i think i'm good no pressure yeah no, well that was nothing, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. good okay i was gonna well, leave it to tony to tie it up but i, I guess i'll uh, i'll tie it up and just say that uh you know we're gonna we're gonna be putting up a lot of new information here in the uh in the coming months as we firm up the schedule but uh you know knowing how things go for 2018 uh be patient and expect things to change a lot because it's aviation. And as you two know, you can uh, have the best plan uh, out there for the event and the weather will conspire against your aircraft maintenance. We'll do that as well. But uh, we really uh, appreciate the flexibility of everybody, uh, students and photographers and uh, and Warbird operators that we work with uh, as we build the 2018 schedule. Right on. Uh, yeah, yeah, all of that. I yeah. appreciate that. Though. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, Tony jumps in and says, "Ditto, ditto." Yeah, exactly. Cool. See, I can't get any good help around here. Anyone know another G out there? <laughs> <laughs> guys, uh, we want to thank you from Flightcast for just for making time for us. I know you guys have busy schedules, and uh, it you was uh... a busy schedule. <laughs> well, one of you does anyway. Yeah, um, but yeah, thanks for making time and. Uh, all the best for the rest of this year absolutely thanks guys thank you 
Thanks for listening, everybody. Be sure to download Infinite Flight from the App Store or Google Play. For more on the podcast, visit flightcast.audio and be sure to subscribe on iTunes or YouTube. You can find us on social media at Flightcast Audio. Flightcast is brought to you by Linkhouse Media on the web at linkhousemedia.com. And to cover some of the fine print, Flightcast is not affiliated with Infinite Flight or Flying Development Studio. I'm Jason Rosewell, hosting with me as always with Skyhawk Heavy. Thanks for listening and happy landings. Thank you.